Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Just Blank, Now What? I'm your host, Jessica Stevens. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another wonderful Now What Wednesday episode. Okay, so many of you have heard me share a lot about my story of how I met the hubs, how quickly we started dating and getting engaged and getting married. This is something that is pretty common for people who are a little bit older in life that, you know, the courtship phase of their relationship is fairly short. We just fast forward to the good part. That is something that also happened for my guest today, who will be on the podcast with me sharing her story of, I just found out my fiance has a secret. Now what? story. So Tabitha Perry and her fiance met and fell in love long distance as well, similar to me in the hubs. And they had a very whirlwind courtship as well and ended up getting married rather quickly. But she learned something about her fiance the day before their wedding. And it was a doozy of a secret that he revealed to her. So she's going to be sharing this story of what the secret was, how she reacted, what happened, and then how she had to figure out how to move forward from there. So for any of you who are in relationships right now, whether they're long-term relationships, new relationships, make sure you start asking some really good questions to your partner because yeah, there are some things that you're probably going to need and want to know about them before you get married. And Tabitha kind of highlights a few of the things that you may need to ask your future significant other before you walk down the aisle. So without further ado, let's get to know Tabitha. She is the ultimate go-to for women that are the non-nine-to-fivers. She encourages and equips women that are wanting less chaos and to get their daily life on track. With over 15 years of experience in the criminal justice system, 20-plus moves under her belt, has a master's in social work, girl, mom, wifey, and life coach, she's got advice that will make any day less stressful for women juggling many balls in the air. As a professional overthinker, she learned how to simplify her day and loves helping women create simple and small edits to their daily life so that they can keep step in with their fullest God-given potential. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friend, did you just think to yourself, I just love this podcast, now what? Well, I hope you do, and if you did, I got the answer. Become a patron and support the show. For just a $5 financial gift a month, you can access episodes early and without ads. Plus, you'll be entered to win our monthly Patreon giveaway, like books and courses from our guests and some fun merch. 
For just a $10 a month contribution, you'll become an all-access patron and also get bonus exclusive content from me and some of our guests. Behind the scenes, Q&A, bonus questions, all of it. So head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank and now what? Or click on the link in the show notes and become a patron today. Well, hello, Tabitha Perry. Hello, Jessica. How you doing today? I'm great. And yourself? I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm so excited to have you here and share this really interesting story that you're going to unpack for us in a minute. But before we do that, I always love to have my guests kind of share a little bit about themselves in their own words. So what do you want the people to know about you? Well, fun fact, I was born and raised in Alaska, which is close to Canada, right? People think it is part of Canada. So maybe we're kind of close. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised as how it wasn't like, I'm like, how did, how did this little piece up here that's physically attached to us not be part of Canada, but it's, it's another story for another day, but cool. Right. You were born and raised in Alaska. Yes. Yep. And so only child and my parents worked for the airlines. So I got to travel a lot, which when you live in the Northern countries, you have to travel to warmth in order to survive. Basically (laughs) you are preaching to the choir over here. Pilot wife. Totally appreciate that. Like get me on a plane, get me out of here as often as I can. Cool. So when did you move to the, I guess, quote unquote mainland? Yes. Well, the the lower 48, right? When I graduated college, I moved down to Colorado and worked down there in the criminal justice system. So my background has always been in the helping field, whether it's in prisons or in child welfare system. I've always just had a heart for people that actually are forgotten. And it's been a lot of fun to kind of develop my career to kind of have that be into a life coach. And I'm a mom to two great girls, five and seven, and a wife to an amazing husband who keeps me on my toes with all of his crazy ideas. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, your whole career has been literally led by your heart. And wanting to help and serve others, especially as you kind of call them, you know, the, the forgotten, but they're not forgotten. There are people out there just like you who think about them and care for them and do really, really important work every day to support them. So that's awesome. Okay. So today we're going to rewind the tape before babies, before getting married, probably after college. And you're going to share a story of learning something about your fiance. So you have a, I just found out my fiance has a secret. Now what story? And so you're going to unpack what you, what the secret was, what you, how you found out, and then what you decided to do with that information afterwards. So I'm going to shut up and I'll let you share. Definitely. We'll be asking questions throughout this because I already have a bunch of questions in my brain, but we will get to them as soon as you get to that part of the story. So take it away, Tab. Yeah. So I'm going to preface this, that I have always chosen men that were probably not good fits for me, not even the probably they were not good fits for me. And either they were a much older or they were the bad boys, or they really weren't even interested in being in a relationship, but I wanted to fix them. I'm a very good fixer. And so when I 
was in my early twenties, I decided I'm going to go on a guy fast. I'm not even going to date anyone. I just kept jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend. Well, as soon as you do that, right. An amazing one comes along. (laughs) And so I get this message randomly on Facebook from this guy that we have mutual friends on Facebook, but I, I don't know who he is. And he starts to have a conversation with me. Now I live in Colorado at the time and I'm not interested, right? As we continue, he can just decides to just pursue me. Like I have never been pursued. I find out he's this incredibly loyal, compassionate, loving man around my age with like no problems, no background. Now, my background being in the criminal justice system, I looked up every single boyfriend. I wanted to make sure that they did not have a record. And if they did have a record, I needed a really good explanation, right? So he seemed to like check all of the boxes. And I was, I was not interested at first in having a relationship because I did not want to move back to Alaska. I I'd left, I had escaped and he was there and he was not going to move. So he continues to pursue me. He comes down and visits me. He sends me letters. He's texting me, writing me. We meet in Washington, DC. We fly out to California to meet up. And I finally realized I just need to move to Alaska to figure out if this is like the real thing with the guy. So I quit my job. I move out from my roommate's place and I was in grad school at the time too. And so I needed to find like out if I could even get back into grad school up in Alaska. So I left my life to go up for this guy that I knew for three months. And now granted, I knew people who knew him. And again, he was like this amazing guy. So I'm like, not a big deal. Like, I'm just going to go up there. So I get up to Alaska and I move in with a friend and I'm going to grad school and dating this guy and everything is going amazing. He's everything that I could possibly want. Right. And we end up getting engaged after six months of dating. And then fast forward to the day before my wedding, we were having a conversation and he was sharing about his bachelor party. And it came out that he had been using prescription drugs for a while and really didn't see a problem with them because they weren't illegal. And being in the justice system, I needed to explain, it doesn't matter that they're legal for other people. If they're not prescribed to you, that means it's illegal if you take them. And for some reason, then that clicked for him. And so he like, proceeded to tell me that it had been several years where he'd been using prescription drugs recreationally for fun. And then, you know, a lot of times just to kind of zone out. And I was shocked because I had no clue. He knew where I stood on drugs. I've never done drugs. I have no, I don't, I know other people have, and that like each to their own, I just needed to tell me. Right. And it was kind of kept for me. And so I was shocked. And at that point, I did not know what to do. (laughs) So I decided to just take a minute. And I remember just telling him, like, I'm not, I'm not sure what we're going to do. I know we're getting married tomorrow, but this is a big deal to me. I'm not going to continue my life with someone who is going to have a drug problem. And especially being in the criminal justice system, seeing what it does to families, to just the individuals who are on drugs. So at that point, I 
I just remember being in the shower and just crying and calling out to God, like, God, you sent me this amazing man. Like he checks all the boxes of everything, but here's this one thing, this one thing, like, is it something? Can I, can I work with this? Like if we need to get him help, am I supposed to even be doing this? And I felt this like sense of peace over me, um, which God is good like that. He just can calm you when you ask. And it was, you need to trust me in that, like, this isn't going to be a problem. And so I, I trusted that from the Lord and also trusted my fiance at the time, now husband, that he was no longer going to ever use pills. And that is, that is kind of the, the main part of the story so far. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot. That is first off a whirlwind relationship, long distance, very similar to my own story. My husband and I, I, I also got a random Facebook message from a guy <laughs> and I'm like, who's that? <laughs> right. So yeah, our story started, the origin story starts the same pursuing same thing. I was not really interested in looking at anyone at the time I had just broken up with somebody else. So I was like, same with you. I'm like, I am going on a fast, like no dating, just me. And then that's when the guy shows up. So (laughs) I can totally relate to that part of the story. And then the traveling and the meeting up and all the things, and then just deciding to like, like pick up your life and go back to Alaska. That one I can't because he came to me, but I can understand how fast it was all happening and the excitement and the energy and how wonderful it all was. But I definitely need to go back to the day before your wedding. And how exactly did it come up? Like, how did you learn this news about the prescription pills? I was asking about his bachelor party and what they did. And I, I don't, he's not, um, he doesn't keep secrets for me. Honestly, he really doesn't like in his mind, he's justified it as (laughs) that it is not necessary to tell you. And so I must've asked the most specific question And then it came out like, yeah. And then, you know, someone brought some pills. And so we all took some pills and, and had a good time. And I, at that point, I'm like, what you, you did was this prescription. Like they, one of these people had the prescription. Did they go to a dealer? Did they, because again, like then my mind's just like going like, is someone a dealer? Are you a dealer? Am I marrying a dealer? Like, I have no clue of like what's going on. Yeah, like, um, where did these drugs come from? Like, whose are they? Like, like, right. what, what? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cause it is a foreign, a foreign world to me to be in involved in that. And it's just such an unpredictable world. And so I, and I was very hurt because I felt like he was keeping from me, which, which he did because obviously he was ashamed of it, but also like, didn't fully think about the consequences of it, you know, just kind of here and now. And we really had to work on our communication about things. And I realized kind of moving forward that I was going to have to get very specific with my questions to him because he almost has like an attorney brain where he finds loopholes and it's not a bad thing. This is what makes him successful. However, this is just how he operates. And so I've learned now that I ask very specific questions and then that way I can get specific answers. But that day before the wedding, when he shared that I was devastated. I can, I can still feel like, you know, that pit of your stomach, that like burning dark feeling 
of what am I going to do? And that was, that was very powerful. I just like, like want to like reach through the screen here and give you a hug because I remember distinctly how I was feeling and what was going on and the euphoria and the bliss of the day before my wedding. And I'm sure you were feeling the exact same things, right? We, everyone was flying in. We were going to go and do this beautiful sunset cruise. There was dolphins. Like it was just the day before the day was amazing. And to be sucker punched with news like this on what is supposed to be the second most amazing day of your life, it must have like just been a punch in the gut. It was, it was. Thankfully, my best friend from, we've been friends since we were five, was in town. And she's just like this very steady person that I have always appreciated. And she helped talk me through it. And she's like the least judgmental person ever. And so I just remember you know, driving down to where we were going to get married in Alaska, you know, seeing the mountains and the sun and the ocean. And I'm just like, I'm going to trust that I'm doing the right thing by continuing because everything else tells me he's a good man. This is one thing. And I know nobody is perfect. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't rationalizing and justifying, but everything, it was like the good outweighed the bad. And it wasn't worth calling everything off. And I trusted him, everything else he had always followed through with. Mm -hmm. And so I trusted him. And, and honestly, from that point on, we had a a conversation where I'm, I can ask him at any point in time, have you had any pills? And he would be honest. And so that has, you know, the earlier years, I asked a lot more, but I still ask him like, Hey, how are you doing? Especially when surgeries come up and we have that decision to make of if he's going to get narcotics or not. And when he does, I take them and I am in control of giving them to him. And you turn we, into his dealer. I turn, I turn into his dealer. Exactly. Exactly. And so we we made it, we made it work. But I felt so confused and felt like, okay, great. Here it see, here it is again, Tabitha. You found a bad guy that you wanted to fix. And all those beliefs, all those like that negative self-talk totally ran through my brain. But ultimately, we were able to move forward. And our wedding day was amazing because I I was able to take those thoughts captive and trust the process and trust him. And I feel like in a relationship, you know, when someone has true repentance, when they come to you and they share truly what's going on and they ask for forgiveness and it's something that you're okay with moving forward with man, there's so much freedom in that relationship. And it almost just brings you closer. Not that you want something like that to happen, but it could also bring you closer. Absolutely. So you, him, and your best friend, those are the only three people who know about the situation the day before your wedding and the day of your wedding. No one else knows. So this was 11 years ago. I don't believe that we told, I may have told another one of my bridesmaids, but other than that, No, because I think some of the other ones, their husbands had had challenges too. And so then I was like, oh, oh man, (laughs) then they're going to tell me don't do it. Or, you know, I didn't know what they were going to say. And it's just amazing how when we go through, through things in life, we pick the people that we want to talk to that that are going to like give us the response that we need at the time. And that's okay. But it's also good to be aware of that. Oh, for sure. I think that is definitely a moment in which you need to like, listen to your own intuition, your own voice and make this decision without the input 
of external people. Yes. Yes. Right. Because what's going on in their life and in, in their world is going to heavily influence what they say to you. So good for you for a confiding in one person, because that's something that you do need to kind of share with at least one person just to release it and not have it locked inside of you. Right. So, so grateful that you had that one, but yeah, I would probably, I hope I would have done something similar of not sharing that widely because the second thing is, is now you're going to taint everyone's opinion of your potentially future husband. Yep. And that will impact his relationship with all of these people moving forward, your parents, his friends, like you don't need to walk into a brand new marriage with other people already thinking badly about your new partner. Right. Right. And it's, it's such a tricky thing. And I found it with a lot of my friends who who've stepped into like actual, like abusive relationships or they've evolved into abusive relationships, right. Where they just, they don't share those things. And so I just hope that any listener that is, you know, this is kind of triggering for them. If there's something that you feel like you're holding back, that you're not supposed to tell, then maybe that's a good indication that you need to tell someone because that is addiction and abuse is such a a hurtful thing. It goes deep. It's not just the person that it's like doing it. It's the person that's being done to and all the people around it. And so I think it's so important that we, we bring things to the light. We're called to bring things to the lights. So they don't stay in the dark and can't fester and, and create more than it really is. And we can, we can handle those things when we're honest with them. So it's the day before your wedding. He drops this bomb on you. Do you make the decision that same day that you're going to proceed? Or do you like wait till the day of like, do you, is this like, I got, I need to sleep on this. Or did you go back to him the day of and been like, okay, we, here's the rules. And like, what was that conversation of like, we're going to do this, but here's, here's how we're doing it. Did you kind of set that up before you walked down the aisle? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So I do not like to waste time when it comes to like making a decision. I just want to make a decision and then move forward and then I'll own whatever the consequences are. And so once I finally, after that shower of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, just those, you need to get into a shower because you just have so many tears and you just want all the water on you and just that comfort getting out of the shower and then calling him up. And I don't know if it was on the phone. I'm, I'm sure we probably got face to face and yeah, set the ground rules of like, I love you. Like you have been consistent in every other area of your life. I have to believe that this is something that is going to be like, you're going to fix, like you're going to work on it. You have to promise me you're going to work on it. And like, If there's challenges, like, and I knew that how I responded to this was going to set us up for him trusting me to come to me if he was ever tempted or did it again. And I even do that with my kids. Now, if they come and they share something with me, I do not respond negatively. I I try not to respond at all because I want to create an opportunity for them to feel safe because we can handle anything as long as like you, you come to me, but if you don't like, that's where the challenge is. And so that day we talked and we decided to move forward. And then I honestly, it's a good and bad thing, but my memory isn't great. And so I kind of put it to the side and move forward and try to really just focus on the day and the people and yeah, getting married to the love of my life, even though I was really hurt. That was my next question is like, you said you had this beautiful, wonderful wedding and 
I want to give you kudos for that because even though you had made the decision, I'm sure there were still like thoughts running through your brain and not being a hundred percent present or that the opportunity to have it can still like lingering there and not be fully present on, on, you know, this wonderful day could have happened. It could have tainted everything. Yeah, no, it, and maybe at the time it did. And it's just so interesting, you know, looking back 11 years ago of what I think I was like then, but I seeing the pictures, just what I remember of that day is that it was exactly what it needed to be and that it was great to share it with our friends and family. And I was able to just appreciate him for who he was and knew that like this thing that I put on the shelf would be addressed and that we would, you know, make sure it was done, you know, in a healthy way, but it just needed to be put on the shelf for then. So, okay. So here we are 11 years later, you're coming out with this story on this podcast that is going to be shared and listened to. When did other people actually learn about this in your circles? Like I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're not learning about it right now as they're listening. They've heard, right. Right. right? Yeah. So how long did you guys wait? Like what was the kind of steps moving forward for you guys in sharing this information with other people? Well, he found out that a lot of people struggle with pills. Like it's not just him. And so he just started sharing his story of the devastation that it brought us. But here's the thing is that he was like miraculously healed. Like from that day, he has, he has never had a pill. Now there's been temptation, of course, but he is, he's never from that point. And I know that not everyone is that blessed to be able to be healed from that. And so he was able to use his story to encourage other men to number one, be honest with their, their wives or girlfriends or whatever, hopefully beforehand. Right. And that it's okay that healing can come and that you can overcome this addiction. And I don't know if it was ever like a full fledged addiction, you know, the DSM, you know, if it was statistically, you know, labeled as that, However, it was something that he should not have done. It was illegal. And so, yeah, it was years ago. He started sharing that and I wanted to always just let him share it. And then there's been opportunities where I've been able to share it with other friends and stuff. And so I was given permission from him to share this, our story, as he would ask permission from me too to share it. And so that way we can encourage other couples that are struggling to just like have open communication about this, to know that there can be healing, to fight for it and to be each other's partner and like teammate in it. I love that because, and that's kind of the the whole spirit of this show too, is sharing the hard stories so that other people can learn the lessons that you learned or have insight into their own now what of like how to move forward and figure out because when we hold on to these stories and we put them away and we never talk about them that's when the shame dust gathers on them right and by sharing them you can take control of what it is no matter what what the the story is and you own it and once you own it then you have control over it versus it having control over you because had you guys talked that away and just never talked about it. And it was just like now your secret, not just his secret, but your secret, the two of you, 
it would have continued to grow and fester into something as well. So I'm so glad that you both made that decision to use the experience Mm -hmm. to help other people. Yes. Yeah. It has been a blessing. And that's why, you know, when, when hard things happen, when the, you know, what now things happen, like we have an opportunity to decide what we do with that. Right. And give our t- ourselves time to grieve, to cope with it, but then to move forward and have it like really develop and like grow who we are and how we respond to people and empathize. Right. Like I just have a deeper empathy for significant others of substance abuse users. And it's just, it's a, it's a blessing to have that opportunity, even though it really sucked at the time. <laughs> Oh, for sure. For sure. So how would you say learning this secret and having this all come out positively influenced your relationship and your marriage with this man? Mm. Well, I made a choice of commitment even before it was legal. And so we are committed no matter what. And that is something that we, we never use the D word, the divorce. Like that's never something that we joke about we are committed to making this relationship work till death do us part. And so that has been something that I just was, it was really reaffirmed like, Hey, I'm, I'm in this with him, whether he's sick or not. And at the time, you know, I had dated a lot and so I was able to jump around. So it was kind of this realization of like, okay, like this is a different deal. Like there's no more jumping around. Like this is, this is it. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be good. Awesome. And has there been any other secrets in your relationship or has this big secret been kind of like the thing that really sets the bar for you guys? You're like, we don't keep any secrets. Like we are brutally honest with each other. Like, was there ever a time in the last 11 years that you're like, how could you not have told me that? Like, did another secret kind of creep up at any point? And you're like, what? Yes, it did actually. (laughs) And it was very public, or at least public for me and for him. So he was also addicted to pornography, something that I did not know either for several years. And so how it we found, I found out was that he had liked something, not thinking about it on Facebook. And it wasn't really bad, but it was bad enough that a friend of mine messaged me and was like, Hey, by the way, Steven just, you know, liked something on Facebook that is a little not good. You may want to check with him. And so I, cause he was away like at a guy's weekend. And so I reached out to him and I or called him or texted him. I can't really remember if it was super early or super late. It was not like a normal time. And uh, I was like, so <laughs> what just happened? And so he then shared that this had been something he had been struggling with for a long time. Now, again, I had never directly asked him, do you have a problem with pornography? That's not something that we, we brought into our marriage. And so that was just never, never anything. And so then that came out and I was like, seriously. And then to have had my friend find out, which was fine because actually her and her husband have been mentors to us and they're about 10 years older than us. And so we were able to go to them and get help. And so from that, again, Stephen was able to encourage and support other men who struggled with it. And from that point on, he really was healed from that too. But unfortunately, big things had to happen. And I had to be like, listen, this is unacceptable. This is not going to happen. 
Like you either need to go to therapy, like what is it that you need in order to make this not a thing anymore? And so we're, you know, able to figure, he was able to figure out I was there to support him. And I promised him if he were to ever come to me and tell me that he did pills or porn, I would not respond negatively. And I would just ask how I can support him because that is what I want. Now, granted, I said, if there's a pattern, we we got a different situation, but if you come to me and you admit this, then we can work with that. So, yeah. So there was that, which again, I know that, you know, pills and porn are really challenging for not just men, for women too. And it's so important to get the help that you need because both of those change the chemistry of your brain and make it very hard to have a normal life. And so it's definitely has been a wild ride with my husband, but it's been really good. And yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm alone in this with women finding out things about their husbands, husbands, finding out things about their wives, but you're committed. And so you figure it out. Wow. Okay. I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Uh, When I asked that question, how did you feel personally for you in that moment when that second secret came out? Betrayed. And very vulnerable of like, I felt like I just was being attacked. Like just everything was coming at me. Did you question your decision for secret number one when secret number two came out? For sure. Then I was like, okay, well then are you doing pills now? Like what, what is going on? Yeah, absolutely. It it brought that up, but I also believe that, you know, when he said that he didn't, then I needed to believe that. And so I I couldn't pick apart his story. All I could do is when he said that I needed to take him at his word because again, everything else in his life was consistent. And so those were just two of the things that I, again, had not been very specific to ask. And so now when we talk, I'm like, oh, any other specific questions I need to ask? And he is an amazing man and an amazing father, an incredible husband, but we all have our challenges and we've taken these problems on together. Like, I feel like he's been able to be so successful in his recovery from that because of my help. And I encourage any of the listeners who have spouses or friends or whatever that are struggling, like just to come alongside them because that's what they need. And definitely then not the random accusation of what else are you hiding from me? Because it can easily go down that road of distrust really quickly. So if there's somebody out there who is struggling because a partner has lied or has kept a secret and it's, and it's a big one, like one of those top categories that we've been talking about today, and they are struggling showing up in the relationship in a trusting way, what would you say to them? How would you help them figure out their own now what right now? Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to take whatever time and space that they need, right? Just to quiet their minds, kind of get centered with how they feel, then bring a person in that they trust, like an inner circle person. And, you know, being aware of, you know, finding that one person that's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, like be mindful of the person you bring into this, Mm -hmm. because this is where you need to bring it out. You need to start talking about how you feel like we can't all do the internal processing. It needs to be external as well. And so then, then once you make your decision, you need to stick to it and you need to not hold things over their head. Like that is, 
not healthy for the relationship for you or for them. So if you decide to forgive them, then you forgive them and you don't bring that up. Now, granted, when patterns happen, when there's a reoccurring behavior, that is a different situation. Mm -hmm. But if someone has kept something from you. And that's where it's hard. There's deceitful lies. There's white lies. There's just not giving all the information. Right. And if you look all of that at face value, like, oh, that's hurtful. But if you look at the core the heart, that's where you just need to start asking questions. Mm -hmm. And so I just encourage the listeners to make sure to ask a lot of questions and try to just stay curious and don't ever think that it's your fault. Like you, you did not cause this everyone has the right to behave the way that they want to, to have the opinions that they want to. It's up to us to decide what we want to do with that. Did you find that you started asking a lot more questions? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was exhausting. (laughs) What was that like for you? Because like, (laughs) yeah, asking questions is exhausting, especially if the intention behind the questions is like you're digging and you're fishing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it didn't always go that way though. And so I was able to eventually, as he continued to do what he says he was going to do. And again, like every other area he showed up, it was just these particular numbing out. And that's where my background of social work was really helpful is understanding like the root cause of why people do those things, why people look at pornography, why people you know, do pain pills. It's really to numb out. It's to buffer the feelings that they're feeling. And so my, I took the role of helping my husband identify what are those feelings that you're trying to numb? Like what feels so uncomfortable that you need to, you don't want them to be there. And so allowing myself the time and the space to figure out what I needed and to know that I wanted to come at it with that approach was just very helpful again that I had that background and was able to really kind of walk with him in that area of his life. I'm going to say how grateful is he to you for you being the partner that he chose to support and help him through this. It's literally like he chose you. <laughs> yes. And he he's very thankful. And he is, again, we we're a team. We, I love the life that we've created together. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I don't wish those situations on anyone. It has like colored our relationship a lot richer than if we wouldn't have had any like major kind of challenges to walk through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, here's my favorite question. Now what? Now what's going on in your lives? You know, Steve and Tabitha and the girls, like what's life like for you now? Yeah. Well, we are loving just being a family unit and being involved in our church and in our community. And for 2022, our word is unity. And for us just to be a unit and to make decisions together, because he's a very high power, successful, going a thousand miles an hour kind of guy. I'm also very strong-willed and and have my thing going on. So it it takes a lot to come together to make that unified. And so Mm -hmm. we've really been working on that. And it's been just an incredible season of 
learning more about each other, right? 11 years later from the, you know, 20 somethings when we got married to now the the mid to late thirties um, that we are. And it's just, it's been really neat. And it's been so neat to see him support me as I stepped away from being a stay at home mom to having my own life coaching business. So I can help other women figure out their life when, when things come at them, when there's chaos, so they can kind of create this order. And that's what I found is just really helpful is to have that structure and order in life. And that helps you have this like firm foundation. So when these crazy things come up, you can handle it. You can deal with it. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck, but at least you have the tools to build on. Awesome. So Tab, where can people find you? Hey, where do you like to hang out in, in the world of social and what do you got going on? If people want to reach out and have conversations and, or ask you some questions, because they think their spouse might be holding a secret, where can people find you? Yeah. So they can find me on Facebook, Tabitha Perry Life Coach, and as well as Instagram. And yeah, please feel free to reach out with any questions or if you just need encouragement, if you're going through a similar situation, and I know a lot of people are, or if you are hiding a secret similar to like that, and you're needing the words to share with your spouse. Like, I just think that that communication piece is so important, but I also have a podcast as well called the life edit with Tabitha Perry. And the, the premise of the podcast is just to really talk about kind of bigger concepts and bring it down into smaller kind of bite-sized pieces. So you can just make one little edit at a time. So you can get the big results that you want in your life. I love life edits because that's literally what we're doing every day. We wake up and we have to edit the learnings from the day before and apply them to the today. Yes. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Tabitha, for joining me on the show and for opening up and sharing this very powerful story. I think it's going to actually resonate with many, many people because a lot of people have a lot of secrets and they hold on to them in fear of what will happen if the secret gets out. And so thank you for sharing this to show that releasing the secret and, and owning it is actually a good thing and positive Mm -hmm. and wonderful things can happen when you release them and not hold them anymore. So thank you so much. And to all of my listeners, thank you for joining us today. And if you resonated with this story, you know, maybe this is your story. Maybe you are holding a secret that you want to release, or you think that your partner has a secret that they're not sharing. Please reach out or please share this episode with somebody else who you think may benefit from hearing it. And Join us next week for another amazing Now What conversation. And thanks so much. Really appreciate all of you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.